0: You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver.
1: Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, I'm excited to have Pace Morby. Pace, welcome.
0: Hey, Jim. How you doing, brother? I appreciate you having me on here today.
1: I am doing great. And uh, I'm really excited, and I want to dive in, but I heard you speak at Family Mastermind in September, I think that was. Yeah. It was my first Family Mastermind meeting, and I thought you did a great job. And I liked one thing that you said, and before I have you, is you said, hey, you're not going to outwork me. You can't even come close. I don't even know how you said it, but I loved that confidence, and I loved the statement. So- before we get into how you've broken away from the herd and what you do and where that passion and confidence comes from, introduce the audience to yourself. Just tell us a little bit about you, wh- who you are, where you come from, and all of that.
0: Okay, cool. Child of 12 kids, mom and dad still together. So came from a very communal family. Everybody woke up at five o'clock together, went to bed together, ate dinner together, all the same times, very regimented mom. And... Um, Then I went on a mission for my church to Korea, learned how to knock doors and talk to people about one of the hardest things to talk to them about. So I got my sales chops in Korea, learning how to speak Korean and then also selling Jesus essentially was a challenging job. I then come home. First thing I jump into is exactly what my parents laid out for me, which was my dad was a contractor. So what do you think I ended up becoming as a contractor? Because those were the options that were directly in front of me. I always tell people that financial freedom is not necessarily all the money in your bank, but your options that are laid out in front of you. Do you have the ability to make money at any given time, any given economy? And I did not. I just had one option, which was construction. And the next thing I did was I had a lady that woke me up. Her name's Bethany, smacked me in the face and said, you are a slave. You don't own your own business. Your customers own your business. You need to get into real estate. And I said, well, I am in real estate. She said, no, you're not. You are a contractor for my real estate business. You are a simple Google search away from being replaced. And I said, I need somebody to physically show me how to do this. And she did. She sat down on the back of my truck, taught me how to get my first deal, walked me through my first deal. My first month in business my, in real estate was about 10 years ago. Made 50 grand, all wholesale deals. Today, fast forward, that's compounded into primarily creative finance deals. I just got really good at creative finance about eight years ago focused on that. And now we have a portfolio of 2,000 doors in our portfolio. 500 of those doors have partners. The other 1,500 doors do not have partners, no lenders, just me. So a significant size portfolio, hundreds of millions of dollars, nine businesses with 620 employees. And I used to be the guy that could not figure out how to hire my first employee. So I, I started from being a blue collar guy, thinking that that was the world I was going to live in. And Luckily, I had some amazing people along the way that were kind of the bumpers on my bowling alley. They kept my ball in the right place so I could knock down some pins. And here I am to hopefully share some knowledge with some people.
1: I love that, man. A couple of things. One, the 12 kids and the regimented life, which, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend this morning and, I, and we were talking about my gym doesn't open until 7. And it's really frustrating because I'm a 5 o'clock a.m. guy. And I want to go, I want to have a cup of coffee and I want to go work out. And so having that discipline and that instilled in you as a child had to really help you. And when you have 12 brothers and sisters, you know, competition is nothing, right? You just get used to that. I love that.
0: Yeah. If you really think about it, most of the people that are trying to get started in, you know, breaking away from what their current life is, they have to convince themselves. They have to motivate themselves. They have to turn the on switch on. And what my parents really did for me is my parents taught me to love hard work as it's part of my day, rather than I make time for work. Um, my life was all about work. It was mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, teaching my other kids, uh, kids in our family to do things and pass the chores on to them and delegate and all these kind of things. My parents really did a really great job of that one thing. And so we had, we've lived in this house that I'm in now here in Phoenix, For about four years, somebody comes to our house about a month ago and they go, Man, you guys got a new couch. I go, No, that we've had that for four years. Like it's never been sat on. I go, Because we don't sit around here. Right. The couch is for people that come over, want to come over to our house and sit down. We're not sitting around in our house. We're doing things, even Saturdays and Sundays. It's like, What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we experiencing? And yes, I was very, very lucky that my parents gave me the love and the passion for hard work.
1: Yeah, that's cool. You know, I I really liked uh, what you said about, you know, I'll I'll tell you the days that I struggle the most are days that I have like one or two appointments. Oh, yeah. Then I'm kind of like, well, what do I do in in between? You know, (laughs) uh, do I go hit some golf balls? Do I go uh, sit in the hot tub? You know, what do I I'm always like, or normally what I do is I grab this big pad of paper or this whole wall is painted with the whiteboard paint. I start drawing stuff out. But then then I wanna go do something, right? But I like to be busy too. It's funny that you say that about having the jobs when you're a kid, because the memory that came up when you said that, Pace, was I had a paper route and I would time myself every day in the paper route. And I realized that if I got a moped, I could do the paper route faster. In fact, I could do two paper routes in the same time that it took me to ride my bike to do one paper route. Well, obviously two paper routes pay more than one paper route. So, you know, the little lessons that we learn when we're kids that still today make us successful. Okay, so when you talked about Bethany and you said, hey, I don't know how to be in, the, in that business, walk me through it, right? I think so many times people say, well, I read this book and, or I took this course, or I did this and I don't really understand it, so I don't know what to do. And I don't, oh, I read that, you know, I I have a lot of questions from that book, but there's nobody to answer it. So I just, I I, I won't implement that. So I love that you did that. And in getting into the business, so kind of give me an idea of some of the things that were key from going from there. Obviously, that was key, being able to find a mentor, find somebody who already knows how to do it. It's not rocket science, right? I mean, it's like, If I want to go build a portfolio of real estate, I'm not going to just try all this new stuff myself. I'm going to go find somebody that has it and people that have it, they'll offer it to you, right? I mean, they want to know you're serious. All you have to do is prove that you are serious, that you want to do something and the offers that you'll get are amazing. So just talk a little bit about that progression.
0: Yeah. I mean, I look at it from being a blue collar guy, you know, being on framing sites and plumbing and electrical and all the things that I learned as a young kid. I remember when I was 16, I wanted to learn how to frame. And so my dad told me, he goes, well, you got to go work for There was a guy, literally his name was Merlin in my church. Yeah, Weirdest name, but also coolest name as you get older. His first name was Merlin. Mm -hmm. And he said, go work for Merlin. And I go, okay, well, do you know how much he's paying? My dad said, pay you think this guy's going to pay you to learn how to do framing? You need to pay him with your time. What, what the freak are you talking about? Go ask, tell that man you want him to put you on a job site. And here's what my response was. I said, I'll just learn how to frame a house in a book or this. And my dad says, good luck. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready for Merlin's number, right? And my thought was, I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to go watch some videos And I'm going to go walk on some job sites, even that like are empty job sites. We've all seen them up, you know, houses being sprung around. You can pop out of your car and just walk around them. And I'll like compare the notes in the book to what's going on. And I'll figure this out on my own so that when I do call Merlin, I'll say, Merlin, I want to make $16 an hour because I know how to frame. I did not want to work for free, right? I want, I I thought I knew my value. Well, guess what happened? A whole entire summer passes. I do jack squat. I get the book. I read three chapters. I stop by a couple of job sites, but then I get frustrated because I didn't make any money that summer. right? And I went back to what was comfortable. What was comfortable for me at the time, I was I worked at a donut packing factory. And my dad says to me, he says, you have to learn how to stop being reactionary and go and create. And I go, what does that mean? He says, somebody else is giving you orders all day long at your job your donut packing job. They literally give you a ticket. You look at the ticket and they tell you what to do. Do you want to be a man that lives your whole life by waiting for somebody to tell you what to do? I go, no. And he goes, you want to build houses. You got to learn from somebody that knows how to build houses. And I go, yeah, you're right. I'm sitting here taking orders all day long because it's comfortable. I don't have to learn anything. I'm literally just reading. Grab the sugar thing. Grab the this. Put it in a white box. Slide it down the side. I became, my dad called me a drone. He's like, you're a drone. You're just a freaking drone taking orders. You don't want to be that person. So what did I do? At the end of the summer, I called Merlin and I said, hey, my name is Pace. I go to, you know, I know who you are. You're in our church. I go, I'm looking to take a non-paid position in your company so that I can learn. And he goes, no problem. You want to start tomorrow. Hmm. And I show up to the job site. I'm so grateful for this because I show up to the job site and there's guys there that are like, all right, grab that. Here's why. Grab that nail gun, here's why. We're gonna use a screw here, not a nail, because specifically this is pressure treated wood, it needs this. All right, we're gonna do glue here, not glue over here. And literally walked me through this. And within a week, I knew how to frame a house. Now, did I know how to do all the technical things and the carrying the tools and was my body physically strong enough? No, that was gonna take some years. But in a week, because I had another human being involved, Walking me through it with their experience, I accomplished more than I did on my own in four or five months. And I learned that really valuable lesson when I was 16 years old, and it carried forward. When I wanted to learn something, I stopped thinking I can do this on my, my own. I assume I can't. And I assume that I'm, I need to go find the person that's 10 steps ahead of me and offer something to them of value to, to get something in return. And so with Bethany, Bethany did the same thing. I was being an idiot. I got stuck back in that old mindset of the human of like trying to do everything yourself. And she, this is what she says. She says, pull out your phone. I'm like, wow, okay. Pull out your damn phone, she says. Pull out your damn phone. I'm gonna show you how to do this business. She taught me how to generate real estate leads from my phone 10 years ago. with the. I had the iPhone 5 at the time. She taught me how to generate leads, send out postcards, do this stuff. And then she helped me take the appointments and she would go on the appointments with me fill out the paperwork. And then when I got my first deal, which was like three weeks later, I got a, a wholesale deal, locked it up at 150. I go, I, we lock it up. We walk out of the appointment together. I go, what the heck do I do now? That's what I was asking the whole time. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? She literally just filled in all the gaps of my missing understanding. And we walk out of that appointment and she goes, you think I was doing this for free? You're selling this deal to me at 175, you'll make 25 grand. I'm going to take it. and I'm going to flip it for 450. I'm going to put a renovation into it. And I go, amazing. I was a contractor at this time too. So I go, I'll do the renovation for you. She goes, no, you're fired from being my contractor ever again, because now you understand how to go get real estate. She really put my feet to the fire. And she took seven years of me saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she got Me $50,000 in profit in real estate in less than 30 days. And the way she did it is she, she structured it in a way that she walked me through it in order for her to make money. And so, for people that are new and trying to get into real estate, I would always advise go find the people that are doing the thing, tell them, how can you make money off me today? How I will take these hands, this brain, this mouth, these eyes, and I will go put them to work for you. What activities would you have me do for your business unpaid? until I make you money. And because my father taught me that about the donut packing thing, I started applying that a lot more to my adult life. Same thing, I right now I'm hiring another personal coach for some things that I'm struggling with in my business. And I'm like, I need somebody's help that's been through this. And I'm just cutting a check to cut the learning curve, right? And I, yeah. and I imagine it's the same thing with working out, right? You wanna work out? You wanna be efficient? How many people bullshit themselves and say, I'm gonna go to the gym today, but what they really need is an accountability partner and they need somebody to show them up, until they build the discipline on their own, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the book that comes to mind when you say what you just said, Pace, is Who Not How. Yeah, And thank God I met Dan Sullivan a long time ago and thought, wow, this guy's brilliant. So when he comes out with a book, I read it. When it's an email, I go, oh, Dan Sullivan, I'm going to read that. And that Who Not How concept that Benjamin Hardy really helped him take to, like explain it in a better or, or just a different level but who not how is we all have unique abilities. And when we spend time outside of our unique ability, we are wasting time. And if you want to learn how to do something, go, like you said, you have to find somebody who's doing it and then pay them in some way to teach you, right? I mean, that's the key and everything that's given away that we don't value. And it's just, it's just human nature, but So people that shouldn't give away their time, I mean, when I try to help young guys, I tell them, hey, this is how it works. And if you don't like it, this isn't the place for you. So that who, not how, and finding that coach, finding that mentor, finding that guide, I always like to use climbing Mount Everest, right? Is if we're going to go climb Mount Everest pace, we're going to have the best equipment for sure, right? But I guarantee if you and I are going, I'm going to hire as the best Sherpa on this earth because I want the guy that's been up and back down the mountain safely, right? As many times as possible. All right, let's talk about, so we've talked about a little bit about breaking away and some of the importance. Oh, I know what i talk about is how do you create the vision? So, you know, you're talking about getting the coaching, which I think is incredible. Where I see people get stuck sometimes is creating this vision. Hey, I want to get into real estate. Hey, I want to get into this. But why do you want to do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I want to make a lot of money. Why do you want to make a lot of money? Like, what's the vision? What does your life look like? Why are you driven to that? So maybe talk about what your vision is and then how you've been able to help people create their own vision or what you would suggest people do.
0: You know, when I grew up in a family of 12 kids, we had a very family oriented energy, obviously, this big family, 14 total people, 12 kids. We shared ideas. We collaborated with each other. Our parents would wake us up. We'd read the Bible at 5 a.m., share our ideas during the you know, Bible study time. And then when I got into business, I realized that 99% of businesses are not as collaborative as they should be, like a family should be. And I learned this because when I got into construction, I would go and ask other contractors to go play golf with me or go do things with me so I could you know, hey, can I borrow some ideas from you? Can I give you some ideas I have? Let's collaborate. And I would find other contractors I admired on Instagram, message them, ask them to go and collaborate with me. And they would essentially spit in my face and go, what do you dude? We're competitors. Wow. And that's the environment that most people live in is very close minded. I'm a squirrel. There's no way I'm sharing my nuts. I've got to share these nuts for the I've got to keep these nuts basically for the winter time. I've got to hoard these hoard, 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 hoard. And so when I got into real estate and I met this lady who was so loving and giving, I was like, this is the way it should be because she made a bunch of money. She made a couple hundred thousand dollars helping me during those 30 days. And I said, "If what if everybody looked at life like Bethany did? I'm going to bridge the gap for you. I'm going to set myself up to make a bunch of money, but I'm going to show you a new pathway for success so that not only do I get the financial benefit of you, but I also get the emotional benefit. And the first time I ever heard this phrase came from Bethany. She said, I go, why are you doing this? She says, because not only do I get financial income from you, I get emotional income from you. And I was like, oh my gosh. She goes, I get high. I get, she called it the helper's high. Mm. Or sometimes she would joke around and call it the helper's heroin. She said, I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to helping people. And she said, once I give you the gift of understanding how to do these deals very simply, you will want to shout it from the rooftops, just like you found your favorite band. You want to tell everybody, go listen to the song. It's no different. When you understand and own this information about real estate, you will become addicted to getting that emotional high or that helper's high. And I said, okay, I didn't know what she meant. And then when I started doing a bunch of deals, And people started asking me how to do it and I knew exactly what to do to give that to them and they go get their first deal for 10 grand or 20 grand or 50 grand. I go, oh my gosh, that feeling carries more significance to me than when I get my own 10,000 or $20,000 check and you get freaking addicted and you can't stop it. And it's this amazing light, I think, that the universe gave us that we were meant to collaborate with each other, not hoard things like a bunch of squirrels. We're humans, not squirrels. And I'm really grateful for Bethany because that's where that vision came from is get the helpers high, set your, now don't be an idiot because I see a lot of people go out there and they'll just help people aimlessly. And I'm like, you have to financially benefit or else you're going to burn out as well. And I did that too. I I was like, I got so addicted to helping people that I go six months with helping people that would not take any action. And I would, it's like, I would get so obsessed. I'm sure you've been there too, Jim, where you get to the point where like, I'm going to knock on your door and drag your ass out of your house. And I'm going to force you to do the work. Yeah. And I got, I went down that rabbit hole for six months. Bethany had to enlighten me and go, those people cannot be helped yet. They're not in a mindset yet to help them. So find the people, the lower hanging fruit, the people that are willing to take the action so you can continue to get that high. She, she says to me, she goes, if you're a drug addict, are you going to go and find the heroin in the easiest places? Or are you going to go to the hardest place? I go easiest. And she goes, When you're looking for the helpers high and helping the most people go to the people that are already she told me the story you've heard it before too you're a lifeguard two people are drowning in the ocean one of them is swimming away from you and one of them is swimming towards you trying to get back to shore which one do you help first right the one that's swimming towards you because that's how you conserve your energy to hopefully bring that person back and then go out to the second person and whatever you have left, then that way you're guaranteed to help at least one person. But if you go chase the person that's swimming away from you first, going, oh, well, that person's already okay. It looks like they might make it. I'm gonna focus on that person. You might drown and all three of you die. So she says, go focus on that person. So I started focusing on the the people that are ready to take action a lot earlier in my career than I think most people do.
1: You know, I love that because in the last year, I had to evaluate our team at Create Tailwind and the people that just would not use the example. And the example is 10Xing your income and this is how you do it, right? And they just wouldn't do it. They wanted to recreate the wheel. And it was like, no, I'm trying to give you this gift of millions of dollars and you don't want it. Or when I get a client that I try to explain how to buy cash flowing assets and use infinite banking and they think, well, what about the policy? What about, which company should I, and it's like, no, no, you're missing the point. Like this is, you got to put this in motion and you got to go buy assets, not instruments. That's how you build wealth. And, and, and they're like, well, what about, you know, if I would have bought Apple? No, no, no. Okay. Check. Go somewhere else. You brought up the Bible. So it's Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? If somebody doesn't want to be healed, why are you trying to heal them? You know, if somebody doesn't want to take action, which is how you heal yourself, regardless of what you're trying to do, then you can't help them. So many people you can't help. We can't motivate. I don't believe in motivation. I believe in creating an atmosphere where people motivate themselves. And so I love uh, what you said there. Okay, so you start to get into real estate. You start to build this portfolio, but you also, you know, one of the companies that I'm intrigued with timing wise right now is sub2 right mm. sub2.com is the, that's and so let's just pretend that people in the audience cuz most of them won't know what is Subject2? subject to.
0: subject 2 is a strategy of acquiring anything without cash credit or credentials and the way you do that is taking over payments on something so i'll give you a good example let's say that i want to be a salesperson for your organization. And Jim, your only caveat, your only requirement for me to come and work for you is I have to have a cell phone. But I'm brand new. I have no money. I just left my parents' house. I'm out on my own. I don't have a cell phone. I don't have anything. Well, here's what you can do. You can go buy an iPhone, a 2014 iPhone, or sorry, 2022 iPhone, like the iPhone 14, just one year old. You go on Craigslist, and you find somebody that still has payments on their phone with AT&T or Verizon or somebody along those lines and you go hey i'm getting a new job where i need this phone would you mind if i just take over your payments and pay the number you want now why would the seller do that well first and foremost if they're putting a used phone on the phone market let's say it's worth 700 bucks everybody on craigslist is going to offer them 550 520 490 they're going to lowball them. But what if i come along and i just go you're asking 700 I'll pay you the 700 you want. So you're getting the financial benefit of doing a deal with me. The only thing I ask is you just let me take over those payments with AT&T and I just take over the phone today and I can go and make money at Jim's business. So now I'm taking over a debt. When used properly, that iPhone, I can go make money at Jim's company by using that phone and turning it into an asset. So we do that with houses. We find homeowners that lack equity but are trying to get rid of it, upgrade or downgrade or just move into an apartment that can't afford it. They're in foreclosure, whatever it is. And we go to those sellers and say, hey, looks like the house was on the market for a significant amount of time. You fired your real estate agent. So we're finding these primarily through expired listings. And we say, has anybody offered to just take over the payments on your house? And they go, nope, nobody's ever offered that. Is that a thing? That really is a possibility? Yeah, it's a possibility. And we just take over people's, payments. Now, why would I want to do that? Same thing with the iPhone. If the iPhone has a payment of $50, why would I want to incur a debt? Why would I want to have a $50 monthly bet, debt? Well, because I know if I go work for Jim, I can make 10 dollars $20,000, $30,000 a month off a of 50, $50 debt. So with housing, a, a typical deal for us is I take over a $1,500 monthly payment, roughly 3% interest, and I don't have to use my credit. Very rarely have to use any money. And if I do use money, I'm using somebody else's money or even people I know that have infinite banking policies give me my money and I borrow it from them. And I then take that house and I turn it into a variety of things. I turn it into midterm rental, a short-term rental. I'll turn it into family family promise housing. I'll turn it into pad split, co-living, co-share. So many different strategies that will make way more money than what my $1,500 payment is making me. And because of that, I put a house in my portfolio. I get cash flow. I get appreciation. I get the tax benefits. I get the mortgage pay down. I own an asset. And, you know, this year I made millions of dollars and I will pay $0 in federal income tax. How? Because I own real estate. Well, how do I own real estate, Pace? I've never, I, I don't have money. Subject to if you want to get into real estate with no money, no credit, And no credentials. Nobody's going to check your bank account. Nobody's going to check your tax returns. Nobody's going to check whether you're even a resident, a a legal resident of the United States of America, you can buy houses subject to.
1: That's amazing. I love what you said, because there's so many young people out there that are saying, well, I don't have any money. I don't know how to invest in real estate. I just won't do anything. And you just gave them an answer. And not only will you give them an answer, but you'll show them step-by-step, like Bethany showed you, how to do it, so tell people pace tell people about that part of your business or that how you coach people and how they would get started and learning more about that, because one of the things I try to do in this show is again, I can 't motivate anybody, but what I can do is provide people that offer things like you offer and programs like you offer, so tell somebody how they would get started.
0: I would say the best way to actually get started is go to my free YouTube channel. And why? I say this because, like what you said about earlier, I want to work with people that are serious, right? And so, how do you know if you're serious? Go to my YouTube channel, filter my videos by most watched, and watch at least five of my free videos, whiteboard breakdowns, deal examples, conversations with sellers, and go, Is this even a business for me? I don't know. Second thing I would do is go, Okay, I really like this. I would then buy my book. It's like a $16 book from Bigger Pockets and you can get it on Amazon. It's like 3,000 five-star reviews. People love the book because I did a two-hour video companion guide for every chapter. So there's 17 chapters. I did 34 hours of videos for a $16 book. I will give you so much value to make sure that you are absolutely serious because what I did this last year is I bought $100 million in real estate from people in my community that learned from me the same way Bethany did for me. So I would start with my free stuff first and then you know see if you're actually serious about getting into the game of creative finance. Yeah,
1: you know, I love that. We kind of do the same thing. Nelson Nash really wrote the kind of Bible on infinite banking and I learned from Nelson directly and so pe- I just did write a book, but it's not like, it's not trying to take over his book or t- I hate when people change infinite banking to, you know, wealth strategy seven, you know, and, or all this other stuff, just call it what it is. Right. I mean, I'm not arrogant to where I got to take credit for coming up with IBC, but Nelson's book is 92 pages. And I do, a- I tell people, look, read the book and then take my course where I explain the book to them. Right. By the way, my course is only three hours. You're putting 34 hours into explaining the book. This is one thing, and I try to mention this as much as I can on the show. This is one of the greatest gifts that I ever got is when I read a book, I take notes and write down questions. I used to send a letter this is 40 years ago to pe- the author asking them the questions. I always got a response.
0: That's so and, cool.
1: And so now I email the questions. I always get a response from the author explaining or uh, giving me the answer to my questions. Now, when I read a book, that means that book is so much more valuable than me just reading the book and saying, I don't understand that. If I don't understand it, I'm getting the answer. So you're doing the same thing. You're taking the guesswork out of it. Read my book, watch this two hours. Read this chapter, watch this two hours. I would encourage every single person out there to go do that. And what I I actually
0: did in the book, just to give you guys a little bit of context of the two hours, is I brought 15 to 20 people in my live studio, every chapter, and I taught them for an hour. And then I let them ask me questions for an hour. And so any question you think you could imagine, 15 other people are sitting in my studio. They've already come up with all these questions. When you watch the videos, you'll hear questions that you never even thought. And so I just put, I put it in a format where it's like, how is it possible that when you read my book, you have no more questions at the end?
1: Right. I love that. I love that. You know, what's funny about that too is when I talk to people about infinite banking, again, just because I've been doing it, I've bought over 30 businesses using it. And I tell people, there's not a question that you could ask me about infinite banking that I don't know the answer. I'm not being arrogant, but if we were in a calculus class, Together, we would expect the professor to be able to answer any question that, they could, that we could come up with about calculus. And so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I asked you any question I could come up to about subject two, right, you could answer the question. Yeah. And it's not arrogance, but it's that confidence of that experience. And that is what you pay for, is you pay so that you, there is no roadblocks. There is no dead end. Where, wow, I just don't know how to get that question answered. Right. And that's so much more important than anything else that we can provide. So we're going to put all of your contact stuff, all of your YouTube, the Instagram websites, in the show notes, anything else that any famous last words, Pace, before I ask you the last two questions and wrap up?
0: No, no.
1: Okay. Well, I, I think I could talk to you about this and just kind of the Philosophy. Heck, I could probably talk to you about just your upbringing and all and the gifts your mom and your dad and your siblings provided you probably for an hour or two. But, um, all right. So, what's out of all of that, the information that you got, the advice that you got, and maybe it's the advice that your dad gave you, but what's the best advice? If you could only like just one thing, what's the best advice anybody's ever given you?
0: Best advice that anybody's ever given me is advice that I had already. Been given, but it just hits different when you're hearing it from an expert, right? It's like somebody coming off the street and reading one chapter of my book and then going out and telling everybody about creative finance. It's like you're not the expert, right? Or having a conversation with somebody who's a literal billionaire telling you the same thing that somebody told you that's worth $10,000 just hits different. Mm -hmm. And I was, this shows up over and over and over in your life, my life, everybody's life. If you want something, Get around the people that have it. And I was at dinner with Grant Cardone two years ago. He was on our TV show. We were at at dinner. Me, Jamil, Elena, our families were all hanging out. And Grant says, how much money do you make? And I told him, you know, it's private room. I said, I told him how much money I make. He goes, why so little? (laughs) And I go, uh, and I, I just dumbfounded, he says, I'll tell you why so little, because you're not hanging out with people richer than yourself, that have more than you, have accomplished more than you. You're hanging out with people that are on your level. You got to change that up. And I go, "Yeah, wow, that's been the same thing over and over and over. When I wanted something, I needed to go to somebody else every single time. I never created something on my own. I never amassed wealth by myself. It always required another human being every step of the way.
1: You know, what I love about that too, is it, it, that reminds me, I, somebody told me one time, we're never thinking big enough. Whenever you, you are never thinking big enough. And I love that, right? And and David Schwartz wrote a great book, The Magic of Thinking Big, but I think there should be a follow-up that big is never big enough, right? So I love that. I, I definitely love that answer, that concept. Last question, if God came down from heaven pace and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book that you've read, not being the Bible, what would that book be?
0: I was going to say How to Win Friends and Influence People, but then at the beginning of the show, you told me your book, and it changed my whole thought process. The book I would say is My Side of the Mountain. And it's a book about a 14-year-old kid that basically departs from his house where his parents live. And he goes out into the wilderness and lives on his own. And he figures out how to make venison and create a life out in the woods. And it essentially teaches resourcefulness. And if I could tell people they should acquire one thing, it would be consistency. Second thing I would tell people is resourcefulness. The answers are out there. The books are out there, right? Your book is out there. Your course is out there. People truly want to learn how to buy businesses and build wealth doing what you do. The information's there. Be resourceful. Get your hands on it. Stop being one of these people that says, oh my gosh, when's my turn? It's like the information's been put out there. Go grab it and use the resource by being resourceful. So my side of the mountain taught me how to be resourceful, like a 14-year-old kid going out there and creating a whole life by himself.
1: I love that. I love that. And that's the message, right? I mean, like you said, if you only learned one thing, you could build an empire with that one thing. So speaking of one thing, and thank you, Pace, for your time. And thanks for being on here and sharing. And I oh, would again. Jim, you're awesome, everyone, man. Thank you. And I, I really want people to go watch the videos and go down that path. And I hope somebody, I hope we're sitting here a couple of years from now, Pace, and you say, Hey, there was somebody that listened to this show that actually did this, that's making millions of dollars a year, because just like you said, that is, that's why I do this. This is why at 58, I call 58, by the way, Pace halfway, because I'm, I have no plans of ever stopping, and I hope I can do this for another 58 years and help people and show them, show people how to do this. We're going to wrap this up the same way we wrap it up every week with the great words of Earl Nightingale. And the strangest secret, take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear
0: what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.